we're going to be talking about prayer this evening. And we have two uh, portions from the Bible that I'd like to read for us. Both will come for us on screen. The first is Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And the second is Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15. Let me read both the passages out for us. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, Jesus said, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also, we have, we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their, their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is the word of the Lord. As we uh, stand at the cusp of moving from 2023 to 2024, uh, I've always found it extremely meaningful uh, to transition from one year to another, worshipping Christ in gospel community in the context of, a lo- of the local church. And I'm so glad we're able to do that this year too. Uh, the last couple of weeks as I was thinking about what would be the most appropriate uh, portion of the Bible to go through for the New Year's Eve sermon, I, I heard Aji listening, uh, Aji is my wife for those of you who don't know her, listening uh, to a podcast by John Mark Comer, who who's instantly talked a lot about rest, a theme we've all been reflecting through 2023, the second part. Uh, but this podcast that she was listening to was the Lord's Prayer. And I probably listened to it for about two to three minutes. But even in those two to three minutes, I was just so drawn to worship in my heart. And in that moment, I kind of sensed and I believe. Uh, it was the Holy Spirit who was laying this on my heart to preach uh, on the Lord's Prayer tonight. And so that's what we're going to do. The idea is simple. We want to grow in our prayer through 2024. And that's why one of the reasons I felt this would be a good passage to go to. I'd like to draw three things out for us from this passage that we read, from the two passages. All of it is what Jesus taught his disciples and therefore us on how to pray. How not to pray, how to pray, and how to grow in prayer. Three simple things. How not to pray, how to pray, 
and how to grow in prayer. Let's start with how not to pray. Specifically, before Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, he specifically tells them two ways in which they are not to pray. That's the first thing Jesus teaches his disciples. Verse 5, but when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. And there were these Pharisees or hypocrites who, who like to make a big show about their prayer. And these people, Jesus said, do not pray like them. What were these people doing? I think if you really think, look at it, it's pretty simple. These people were trying to earn people's approval through their prayer. It's interesting here. It's interesting that they are looking for people's approval in prayer and they are not looking for God's approval in prayer. They're just looking for the approval of people in society. They just want to be seen praying. And they're not really looking for God's approval in prayer. Do you know why they're not looking to God's approval in prayer? They were not looking for God's approval. And they were only looking for men's approval. They were not looking for God's approval. Because they believed that their lives were so good that they are already approved by God. The Pharisees were very self-righteous. They felt that they were doing everything right and they were the best people there. And so they felt they had earned God's approval by their good lives. When we believe our life is good enough to please God, we stop praying to God and we start praying to the gallery. God is pleased with me because I'm praying. God is pleased with me because I'm reading the Bible. God's pleased with me because I come to church regularly. I serve regularly. And therefore, God should listen to my prayer. Because of my good works, God must hear and answer my prayer. That's the kind of uh, uh, mindset that these people had. Because they felt, wrongly felt that they had God's approval. They were seeking mere men's approval in prayer as a way of show off to show off their spirituality. They were religious people, and one of the things Jesus is saying is do not commit this error in prayer. The religious error in prayer. There's also a second error in prayer that Jesus is calling us to be aware of. The second reason where Jesus, second thing Jesus says, do not pray like this in this very passage, and that's in verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, Jesus said. If the Pharisees or the religious people were trying to earn man's approval by showing off in prayer, these Gentiles or irreligious people were trying to earn God's approval through their many words. Their lives were not at all godly. And, and they knew it. But perhaps, but they perhaps felt that they can make up for what is lacking in their daily living through many words in prayer. Does that sound familiar? 
Uh, so often we fail or we slip up in many ways. And, and then we try to earn God's approval or we try to earn God's forgiveness through our prayer. Quite often we use um, empty phrases in our, in, in our prayer. That's the worst. That's, that's a phrase that's being used. They, we use, we heap up. That's what Jesus said the Gentiles do. They heap up empty phrases. Uh, some of us, please, if you use this um, phrase in prayer, please don't take offense. I'm not critiquing you. Uh, I will share my own empty phrases as well. So, so it's going to be a fair game for all of us. Some of us say, Father God, Master Lord, like five times in a sentence. Uh, you know, but we don't live like that, do we? Do, do we really live as if God is our Father? Do we really live if God is not just our Master, but Lord, Master, God? And we repeat that. Now, I, please don't take offense if, if that's the way you pray. It's not wrong. Um, and I'll, 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 I'll make fun of myself as well, quickly enough, so that uh, it's on. I have my favorite phrases. For me, uh, Lord, your steadfast love endures forever. If you heard me pray, or I worship you, Lord, when in my heart I am not actually worshiping him. Empty phrases in prayer. That's what Jesus is talking about. Um, empty phrases is a phrase that's used in the ESV translation of the Bible. If you look at the NLT translation of the Bible, it's even more harsher. It says, do not keep babbling on and on. Like the irreligious, irreligious people, like the Gentiles. Do not keep babbling on and on. Think about it. Aren't we trying to earn God's approval when we pray like that? And this too, Jesus says, is wrong. And so the, these are the two ways in which Jesus specifically tells his disciples and us not to pray. That's the first thing we're looking at from the passage. How not to pray. The second thing that Jesus points us to is how to pray. This passage we're looking at, to, looking at is often called the Lord's Prayer. In this, Jesus gives us a pattern of prayer. He gives us a flow of prayer. Jesus is not telling us to keep praying this prayer verbatim over and over and over again. Though it's not wrong to pray the prayer verbatim over and over again. If you're doing that, please don't, no need to stop. But what Jesus is also trying to invite us, he's inviting us to see this Lord's Prayer as a pattern of prayer. As a pattern to shape our prayers. As a template. And we're going to be walking through the template. And as we're going to see... The general pattern in which we are normally inclined to pray, how we would generally pray, is very different from the pattern in which Christ invites us to pray. And as I unpack each step or each rhythm in the Lord's Prayer, I'm going to try and show us how, how Jesus taught us to pray is so very different from how uh, from our natural inclination to pray. Let's start with, with the first opening posture that Jesus invites us to in prayer. Verses 9 and 10. Pray then like this, Jesus said. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In prayer, Jesus is calling us to first reorient our hearts away from ourselves and towards God. You see, if we are to develop a pattern for prayer ourselves, this is how I presume our prayer would be. Our Father in heaven, give me this, give me that, give me everything. This is how we're all normally inclined to approach prayer. But Jesus gives us a different pattern that puts God, our Heavenly Father, first. He calls us to start our prayer on the strength of our relationship with Him as our Father. I'm coming to that in a minute. But He's inviting us to pray by asking God to make His name holy and revered. Holy be your name. Some Bible commentators actually interpret that as to say it's almost a command to God. God, make your name holy. Make your name revered throughout the world. Make your name to be worshipped. Cause your name to be worshipped. Cause your name to be lifted up. That is how we are called by Jesus to open our prayers with And then your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is crying to God to heal our broken world and to fill it with his holiness and with his glory. In prayer, as Jesus taught us, we are called to look to God first before we look to ourselves. And of course, Jesus taught his disciples and us to begin by looking to God as our Father in heaven. Our Father who is in heaven. And this aspect, this opening in prayer, reminds us both of the intimacy that we enjoy with God who is our Father and of the distance because God is our Father in heaven and we are here on earth. He is our Father but we are finite and He is infinite. He is our Father, but we are fleeting and He is eternal. Jesus is inviting to see, therefore, that prayer is both a celebration of our sonship and daughtership in God, our Father, and prayer is also our worship, our humble, reverent worship to Him who is infinitely High over us, our Father in heaven. He is our Father and He is Lord and God over the entire universe. We must never forget each of these twin realities. Our prayer begins on the basis of our relationship with God, our Father in heaven. Do you know what happens when we begin our prayer by saying, Our Father in heaven? Do you know what what, what that prayer, that simple opening in prayer does? When we begin our prayers by saying, Our Father in heaven, it makes Jesus the hero of all our prayers. 
It makes Jesus the hero of all our prayers because apart from Christ, we could never call God our Father. Because it is Jesus through his death in our place and through his resurrection from the dead, it was Jesus who earned us both our redemption and our adoption. It is by the finished work of Christ on the cross that we can cry out, Our Father in heaven. It is Jesus who accomplished our adoption. It is Jesus who sent us His Holy Spirit by whom we are enabled to cry out, Abba, Father. Every time we pray, Our Father in heaven, we make Jesus the hero of our prayer and we glorify Christ. Go on now. I want to give us 30 seconds to just articulate in your heart or in your mouth this simple but such a powerful phrase because of Jesus, our Father in heaven. Would you like to articulate that either in your mouth or in your heart? Our Father in heaven. Enjoy this relationship that we have with God, our Father, that Christ earned for us. And that's the first pattern of prayer. We begin our prayer by enjoying our relationship with God as our Heavenly Father through what Christ has done for us. Second is verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus encourages us now to pray for our needs. But there's something interesting here. We are, we are asked to pray for our daily bread. This simply means we pray daily. And this is an invitation in daily dependence, to be daily dependent on God, our Father in heaven. Give us this day our Daily bread is also a call to repent of our self-sufficiency. And in the time and moment in history and culture where we live in, we must repent. We all need to repent of our self-sufficiency. So often we pray only for things that are beyond our grasp. So often we pray only for things that we cannot get to in our own strength. Own strength. Implicit in those prayers and implicit in all the unprayed prayers is our belief that everything else we are achieving for ourselves in our own strength. We do not give God the credit that is due. What are we except what God has made us to be? What can we do? What have we ever done except what God has enabled us to do? Whether it's in our careers or in, in, in our lives. We generally don't pray for the regular stuff, regular daily stuff, because we believe subconsciously that we have accomplished that for ourselves in our own strength. And when you really reflect on what Jesus is inviting us, daily dependence on Father, it is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing to depend daily on our heavenly father. But there's something even more beautiful here. I'm about to show us another big difference in the way that we are inclined to approach prayer and in the way Jesus is teaching us to pray. Look at verses 11 and 12 together. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. You know, we would all think that we should first get our acts together before we can ask God to bless us with the needs that we have. We would all think that first I should repent of my sins, I should forgive everyone who has sinned against me, I should become a good Christian, I should live a good life, and when I do all of that, on the strength of all the good things that I'm doing, and I'm continuing to do, God will bless me and answer my prayers. Consciously or subconsciously, that is an implicit assumption with which every one of us enter into our prayer to God. But things are flowing very differently in the way Jesus is teaching us to pray. First, Jesus is inviting us to enjoy our relationship with God the Father. He's inviting us to ask Him to meet our needs even before we get our act together. The flow, the sequence is very interesting. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. We would, we would reverse the order, right? I'll need to get my work, my life right, and then God will bless me with the things that I need to do. If you are who we would call an explorer, someone who's not yet a follower of Jesus, someone who's curious about Jesus, maybe this is your first or second time in a church, maybe you're here because a friend invited you, or, or you're here because you're curious about Jesus. And if you're who we would call an explorer, you're also quite likely to think like this. Every time you think about prayer, a culture has programmed us to believing that first we must fix our lives. We must get our lives in order. We must live good lives. And when we live good lives and then we pray, then God will hear and bless and answer our prayer. That's how we are inclined to think about prayer. But that's not how Jesus is inviting us and teaching us to pray. Jesus is reminding us that the order of these two is very different. Because Jesus is the hero of our prayer. Because he has already earned for us our redemption and our adoption by his death and his resurrection. We first enjoy God as our father and we freely ask him to help us give us our daily needs even as we get our act together. In simple words, our relationship with God precedes our ongoing repentance. We do not repent in order to earn a relationship with our Heavenly Father. We repent because Jesus, by His grace, has already earned for us our relationship with God as our Heavenly Father. This is what gospel-centered prayer looks like. A relationship precedes repentance and good works. It is actually the relationship that we already have with God as our Heavenly Father that gives us the strength and the confidence to really repent. 
It is only on the strength of this relationship with God as our Heavenly Father that the shame of our sins is gone away, is taken away, and we stop hiding and pretending and go to our Heavenly Father in authentic repentance. And lastly, in his pattern of prayer, Jesus invites us to pray for protection and for strength to overcome temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, verse 13. Jesus is reminding us that we must not underestimate how vulnerable we are in this world. We must not underestimate how vulnerable we are to sin. Lead us not into temptation, and but deliver us from evil. Jesus is also telling us that we must not underestimate evil. Evil is a, is a reality in, still in this broken world. And Jesus is calling us to come running to God for protection every single day of our lives. So this is the pattern of prayer that Christ taught us. Let me quickly recap. Prayer begins with enjoying our sonship, our Father in heaven. Prayer moves from worship and to His Lordship. Holy be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Next, we pray for our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Then we pray for, for repentance and forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And finally, we pray for protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a pattern on which we can grow in our prayer lives. And we're going to have some time, five minutes at least, for us to pray. But before that, let me walk us through the third and the last thing I wanted to draw for us from this passage. How to grow in prayer. We looked at how not to pray. We looked at how to pray. Now, how, not, how to grow in prayer. Look at Luke chapter 11, verse 1. The first verse that we read this evening. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. How do we grow in prayer? It's a simple answer. Prayer is caught as much as it is taught. Prayer is caught as much as it is taught. And this verse, Luke 11 verse 1, is really helpful in understanding how do we grow in prayer. If you notice in this passage, to begin with, Jesus did not straight away start teaching his disciples about prayer. If you look at the Sermon on the Mount, nobody asked him anything. He went up and he started preaching. That's not how this piece of teaching originated. To begin with, Jesus did not immediately start teaching about prayer. First, Jesus prayed. And when Jesus prayed, and when his disciples saw him, it was watching Christ pray to his heavenly Father that awakened in the hearts of the disciples a desire to pray. They watched Jesus pray. The disciples watched Jesus enjoy sweet communion with God, his heavenly father. And after watching Jesus pray, his disciples go up to him and say, teach us to pray like that. So prayer 
is caught as much as it is taught. We need to be around each other in prayer. We may not be able to see Jesus pray like the disciples did, even though Jesus is even today praying for us at the right hand of our Father in heaven. Even though Jesus is praying for us, we may not be physically able to see Jesus pray, but we can watch one another pray. As we watch one another in pray, uh, watch one another pray, we grow in prayer. Those of us who are parents, your children are going to grow in prayer only as they watch you pray. And it is when we pray together, when we watch one another pray, we catch prayer. Prayer is caught as much as it is taught. I'm going to close the sermon here. But before we move into communion... I want to invite every one of us to pray by ourselves through the pattern of prayer that Jesus taught us. I'm going to walk us through each of the steps or pattern that Jesus gave for us. I'll I'll prompt us with some helpful, hopefully helpful prompts. I'll help us transition from one uh, rhythm, one pattern of prayer to the next through specific Um, template Jesus gave us. But I want to invite us to pray. You can whisper your prayers. You can pray silently. You can pray a little loudly if you choose to. Even if you've never prayed before, you can pray today. Even if you don't believe in Christ, you can pray prayers to that effect You can pray saying, Jesus, I I don't believe in you yet. Help me. If you're really true, help me believe. No prayer is inadmissible. So I'm going to walk us through a short time of prayer by ourselves for the next five to seven minutes. As we do that, may I invite us to close our eyes. And I want to give us a couple of seconds just to take deep breaths. Just be aware of your breathing in and your breathing out. Let your bodies rest. If uh, you're still carrying some anxieties, some worries, as you breathe in and breathe out, allow those uh, Anxiety is to recede for a moment. And let's begin with really enjoying our sonship and daughtership. Our Father in heaven. Would you like to call God your Father in heaven? Take a moment to pray that. If you have joyful father experiences of a father, use that, build on that to see God as your father.
you don't have a great experience of an earthly father, take that agony, take that lament to God our Heavenly Father. Our Father in Heaven. Let, let that repeat in your heart or on your lips. Let that sink in. If you believe in Jesus, God is your Father. I'm going to give us a minute to just stay here and enjoying God as our Father. Enjoying God as our Father, calling out to Him, our Father in Heaven, and making Jesus the hero of our prayer in doing, in calling God our Father. Let's move into worship and into His Lordship. Holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What would this look like in the company that you work for? What would this look like as you serve your customers? What would this look like in your neighborhood? What would this, this look like in our city, in our country? Can we pray for this? Holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to give us a minute to pray these prayers by ourselves. As we pray for this broken world, for Christ to make it beautiful again, Jesus also invites us to pray for our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. What are the biggest needs of your life right now? Jesus is inviting you to take it to your heavenly Father in prayer. I'm going to give us a minute to just pray for every single need that you can think of. Maybe you've struggled under the weight of that need and have not prayed yet. I want to invite you to pray in the name of Jesus this evening. I'm going to give us a minute to pray these prayers in our hearts.
we then move into repentance and forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. If you're reminded of sins and things that we need to repent of, we can ask our Father for forgiveness without shame. And as we remember the hurts we are still carrying with people or our anger in our hearts in the presence of Christ we find strength to forgive them I'm going to give us another minute here to process and to pray this Finally, we pray for protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We could pray this for 2024 and beyond. I'm going to give us a few seconds to process this and pray this in our hearts. think of uh, your own sinful inclinations. We all know our patterns of sinfulness. Sometimes they are recurring. We can ask God to give us strength to overcome those temptations. Amen. This is how Jesus taught us to pray. If you've never prayed before, if you, found, if you find prayer difficult or boring, this is something that we invited to turn to. Allow me to close us in prayer. Father, we thank you for the joy and privilege of praying, Lord, to our Father in heaven, even as we transition from the old year to the new. We pray, help us to grow in prayer. Help us to truly celebrate our relationship with you as our Father in heaven in prayer. Help us to grow as individuals. Help us to grow as couples, husbands and wives together in prayer. Help us to grow as singles in prayer to the extent in the season that you've called us to singleness. Help us to grow in, in, in families as in, in prayer, as families in prayer. Husband and wife and children. And help us, Lord, as a church, to grow in prayer as a church in 2024 and beyond. Thank you, Lord. We ask this in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.